0: got quiet and I hadn't even got it up here yet. Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. Tonight we will have three songs, and then Gary will have our reading and prayer. One more song, and Sam has our lesson this evening. Our first song tonight is number 111, Come We That Love the Lord. If you would let us stand for this song, please. we that love the Lord. <coughs> Come we that love the Lord. Our next song is On the Overhead Only, 10,000 Reasons, or Bless the Lord, 10,000 Reasons. Our next song is number one, number one, A Beautiful Life. After this, Gary will have our reading in prayer.
1: The reading this evening is taken from Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 42. Luke 22, 39 through 42. And it's about Jesus when he's praying on Mount of Olives. And he came out and went, as as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place... He said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Bow with me as we go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you again for this uh, time that we're able to gather here this evening. Father, to sing songs of praises to you and, and hear another lesson from your word. And and Father, we're thankful for this morning and, and the service that we had to you and, and a beautiful day that you have given us. And Father, for those uh, who were mentioned here this morning, there's so many, Lord, who are uh, battling sickness, Father, of different types and and we just pray father that you'll continue to bless those and and we're thankful that uh, sandy is is out with us this evening we pray you'll continue to be with her and and father be with jennifer baker and and jim haney and and father the all those who are taking the uh, treatments for cancer we pray that you'll bless them and and father for those who are maybe uh having tests done that we may not be aware of or whatever the situation is we just ask that you will bless those families father we're thankful for this day you've given us and thankful for the fathers and for the examples father that they have set to uh, to bring their their children and their family to uh, to worship service and we pray you'll continue to to be that be with them and bless them we thank you for all that we have, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: If you're using a songbook or song of invitation, this evening is number 23. All things are ready. If you would, let's stand. We'll sing number 345, It Is Well With My Soul.
2: One. Mm-hmm.
3: Good evening, I hope that, uh, all of our fathers have had a happy Father's Day today, uh, my parents and fiance are here so I am very nervous, <laughs> so if you see me, see me start sweating and shaking just, just ignore it, and if you heard me speak during VVS, I'm sorry, but this can go one of two ways, and if you weren't here I'll explain it, I can read my notes and who knows how long we'll be here or I can skip a page and we'll be done in about five minutes. <laughs> Don't know quite which one it will be, but if we're out of here before 6.20, you'll know what happened. <laughs> um, I like to watch movies. I love watching movies. Uh, I like reading about them. I like learning about them, how they're made. It's some of my favorite stuff to do. One of my favorite types of movies are superhero movies. I love superheroes. But... Uh, one of my favorite movies is the second Captain America. I don't know if you've seen it. It's really good. First time I ever saw it, uh, I went to a drive-in movie theater with my parents and the preacher's kid from uh, my church. We didn't realize that it was going to be a double feature until we got there. The movie that we were playing before was, uh, I think, Godzilla or something. I wasn't a big fan of it. I was really, I was really excited for Captain America, though. But. Something that, I think about, uh, something that I think is interesting about uh, superhero movies and that genre in general is how it takes these larger-than-life figures, uh, these aliens, these billionaires in suits of armor, and it brings them into situations where they can't always rely on their superpowers or their money. They have to figure things out on their human side. I think that makes, it, uh, makes them relatable to us. Uh, and they're put in these situations where they're fo- focused to rely on their, super, on their human side just as much, if not more, than their uh, superhero side. And it's, it's hard for us to relate to these characters that seem so much more powerful than us. It's hard, for, uh, it's hard for us to relate to Superman, but it's easy for us to relate to Clark Kent. It's hard to relate to Superman because, to put it plainly, he's super. It's difficult to, re- to relate to a person who we can see fly across our screen or who can shoot lasers out of their eyes. We don't relate to the huge fights or the flashy costumes, but what we relate to ...is the struggles. Because, of our, uh, because our struggles are what makes us human. Ever since the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve felt a temptation... ...and they were cast out of the Garden. And they, along with all of humanity, were, sent, were sentenced to, uh, to leave the Garden and suffer. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, verse uh, 16. We'll read a little bit about that. That's Genesis 3, starting in verse 16. It says to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your and your conception, and in pain you shall bring forth children, your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and you have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, and toil you shall eat of it, all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth to you. And you shall eat the herb of the field, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken; for dust you are, and for dust you shall return. Since that day, man has been made to work and str- uh, struggle to survive. The way we struggle now looks much more different than the ways that Adam and Eve did, and then the people in the time of the Bible struggled. We live a much more comfortable life. We don't have to farm for our own food. We don't have to tend to our own sheep. But it's still very clear that we are struggling. It's not hard to see that as a nation we are divided in politics and religion and morality, we are divided. There hasn't been a single week this past, uh, so far into 2022, that there hasn't been some sort of mass shooting. The biggest uh, span of that time has been 10 days. Uh, Not, I I apologize, it's only been five days. And as of 2019, about only 65% of American adults uh, claim some form of Christianity. And if you break that down even more, uh, that, that's ten percent less than the last decade. And if you look into the numbers even more, as of twenty twenty, only about one million one hundred fifteen thousand people claim to be members of the Church of Christ, and that in the in the U.S. And that is in uh, perspective of out of the people who live in the U.S., there are about three hundred and thirty million. As the best of my brain. And my calculator on my phone could figure if you took 600, or not 600, 66,000 people, took that big of a number, only 223 of those people would would tell you that they are part of the Church of Christ. So it's easy to see that we are struggling today as a nation. Now, living in a world so seemingly against Christianity, it can seem hard to live a life centered with Christ. With our most popular politicians and entertainers living very public, worldly lives, it can seem impossible to leave a meaning, meaningful impact on our, uh, on our part of the world. It can leave us almost bitter. Uh, in, our, in our youth group class, uh, we're, we're discussing a series on Sunday mornings. Actually, I actually accidentally started on a Wednesday night, but we continued it on Sunday mornings. It's about how God uses flawed people to bring about good in the world. And we started this uh, series talking about Jonah. I'd like to share with you a little bit what we talked about in that class. Uh, God, uh, Jonah was sent by God to leave his home and go preach to the people of Nineveh. But instead of doing that, Jonah flees in the opposite direction. And it's not until God uh, has Jonah swallowed by a giant fish that Jonah is ready to preach to the people of Nineveh. But even then, we see that his bitterness still lingers. If you turn your Bibles to Jonah chapter 4, you'll see what I mean. Uh, the chapter 3 of Jonah ends with the king of Nineveh calling for a citywide fast. Every man, woman, and beast was called to fast, to wear sackcloth, and pray. But this repentance doesn't please Jonah. If we look uh, at the beginning of Jonah 4, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, uh, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to to Tarshish. For I knew that you were a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. ...and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me... ...for it is better for me to die than to live. Now, we don't exactly know what happened to the people of Nineveh after this. Well, we know that in around 612 B.C., Nineveh was destroyed. That's a little over a hundred years after after Jonah had preached to them. We can assume that they returned to their unholiness... ...because of how Nahum talks about uh, the people of Nineveh... ...and he calls it the bloody city... Jonah had become bitter. After after the city of Nineveh had repented for the time, he was struggling to accept that this city, who was known for their vicious, evil nature, was capable of changing their ways, even even for a time. And because of this, he thought it would have been better for them all to die in sin than to have the ability to hear about God. God takes this bitterness that Jonah has, and he uses it as an opportunity to not only teach Jonah, but us, us reading about mercy. Jonah set up this little shack outside of Nineveh. And God made a plant for him, a plant big enough to provide shade for Jonah. We see in verse 6 of chapter 4 that Jonah was exceedingly glad because of this plant. But then the next day, God sends a tiny little worm to eat and destroy this whole plant. And this is where the story of Jonah ends. Jonah's perspective was completely backwards. He had a perspective that was bitter and self-centered. We can see from this strong focus on the plant that shaded him from the sun which caused him so much happiness that his heart was focused on himself, not the thousands of people in Nineveh who needed redemption from God. That lesson for Jonah was to teach him to be less self-centered and to focus more on the common good, especially if it's an advancement for God. Of course, God gave us the perfect example of someone who, came over, who overcame the struggles of life. God sent his uh, son to earth, Jesus, to become equal parts God and man, which meant that he faced the same temptations that we face today. Not only that, but Jesus uh, came face-to-face with the devil. Hopefully, closer than any of us will ever get to being face-to-face with the devil. Uh, And he became tempted three separate times. And each time, Jesus responded to those temptations with Scripture. If you'll turn turn with me to Luke chapter 4, we'll see this. Starting in, verse, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, from the Jordan, as was led into the Spirit, by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And what does Jesus do? He responds with Scripture, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Here he was uh, directly quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, when Moses was instructing the Israelites who were about to enter Canaan. In Deuteronomy 8, it says, And he humbled you and uh, let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus does this again two more times, each time quoting scriptures, and showing us how we should combat our own struggles with God's guidance. We see uh, this even in the most difficult points of Jesus' life. In The passages uh, that Mr. Gary read for us earlier in Luke 22, uh, 39-43, if you want to turn there, we read that Jesus prayed that he would not have to die, but he did not rely on his own desires or his own wishes, but instead he relied on God's will. Again it says, and he came out and went, as was custom to the Mount of Olives, And the disciples followed him, and when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Again and again, we see that Jesus doesn't rely on his own wisdom. He doesn't rely on himself. He relies on what God would have him do. We see this in Luke chapter 23. Uh, starting in verse 34. It says, it says in Luke 23, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then later in verse 46, it says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, having breathed his last. This is right before Jesus, Jesus dies, he still says, not my will, but yours be done. He lets, he lets his decisions be guided by God and not his own, his own will. Still only made it ten minutes. In our life, we will struggle, just as Adam and Eve had to, just as Jonah did. But we were given the ultimate example of how to combat our struggles. Jesus came here so that we would have hope of eternal life, dying for each one of our sins. Can't make it past ten minutes in a lesson. i got to work on this. If today you find yourself struggling, whether you rely on the comforts of the world, or you find yourself not relying on God as you should... Uh, we'd like to give you the, if you'd benefit from prayers or from baptism, we'd like to give you the opportunity as we come now, and come now as we stand and sing.
2: All oh, things are ready,
0: come to the feast, come for the table now and spread, ye fans.
4: Good evening. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate your thoughts and uh, appreciate you as well. Just uh, some updates on our announcements. Um, A reminder, there will be a deacons and elders meeting after services this evening. Young at Heart, this Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., we'll be traveling to Tuscany in Gallupolis. Thursday will be the kids' service project here at the building at 10 a.m. Friday will be Movie Under the Stars, and that will be at 8.30 p.m., And a reminder on Saturday will be the Ark encounter visit, and uh, we'll be leaving the building at 8.30 a.m. And then next Sunday will be our potluck. And at that time, if you're interested in um, finding out more about the disaster relief trip to Waverly, Tennessee, we'll be meeting about that during the potluck. And then uh, later that that afternoon, the young kids will be uh, leaving the building at 4 p.m. to go to the strike zone for bowling. (coughs) So a lot going on this week, so again, encourage you to pick up a room journal and take a look at all those activities and uh, find an uh, find opportunity to, to get involved. Looking forward to that. And uh, updates to the prayer list, just uh, continue to keep Myrda Calico, This is Beverly Edwards, great aunt, in your prayers. Uh, Jim Haney and Jennifer Baker as they continue their cancer treatments. Sandy Galloway, good to see here. her here this evening. continue to pray for recovery from her surgery. Uh, Janie Judge, this is Chad's mother. She was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And uh, keep the uh, family of uh, Kevin and Sheila Harvey, uh, their son-in-law's uh, father, passed away unexpectedly. Keep them in our prayers. That is all the announcements that I have. And if you haven't had the chance to take the Lord's Supper, you can do so at this time in the uh, conference room through this door. And we'll have one more song and be dismissed in prayer.
0: Our last song this evening is on the overhead only. It's a mansion, robe, and crown. We'll do the first and last verse. And if you're somebody that has perfect pitch, I'm pitching this up a step and a half. So, mansion, robe, and crown.
2: <laughs> I'm going to train my earthly home for a one, fair.
1: Join me in prayer this evening. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come together and and worship you. We thank you for this time that we've been able to to sing our praises and and the words that Sam shared with us, Lord. May we remember that God uses flawed people like us to do his work. Father, uh, be with everyone this week as they go about their regular activities. Be with them. Uh, strengthen them, protect them, to do the works of service that you've called us to do, to be your light and salt in this world, that others might be led to you by you shining through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.